My name's Ricky. I just moved next door to you. I'm not obsessing. I'm just curious. Did you party? I'm not obsessing. I'm just curious. Did you party? I suck dick for money. I'm not obsessing. Did you party? I suck dick for money. Two thousand dollars. I'm that good. You should see me fuck. I'm the best piece of ass in three states. When you see something like that, it's like God is looking right at you, just for a second. And if you're careful, you can look right back. And what do you see? Beauty. Hello, and welcome to the third Trailer Park Podcast. Preach American Beauty. I welcome Chelsea and Andrew tonight to discuss the merits and preach American Beauty. Is this my first preach? Wait, preach? It is. <laughs> yes, it is your first preach. <laughs> well, I'm happy to be here. Yes, uh, thank you for joining us uh, to properly appreciate American Beauty. Say preach. Uh, preach. Preach. Yeah, officially this was Andrew's selection, but I think we all have an affinity and we're all kind of drawn towards American Beauty. It had an impact on all of us, I think. And as always, we get started with the deets. American Beauty was released wide on October 1st, 1999. September 15th, limited release. It had a $15 million budget and grossed $356 million worldwide. It starred Kevin Spacey, Annette Benning, Wes Bentley, Minu Suvari, Thora Birch, Chris Cooper, Allison Janney, Peter Gallagher, Scott Bakula, and surprisingly, John Cho as a <laughs> young house buying immigrant. Uh, that is uh, truth. Yes. So, why are we preaching American beauty, Andrew? It was your selection. Please. Provide us with some color here. Well, when I first watched American Beauty, I thought, when I grow up, I want to be Lester Burnham. I mean, he really becomes a uniquely owned person. And he, he picks up the hot girl before rejecting her. And I felt like these were attainable goals. Um, in reality, American Beauty was just uh, everything watching it this might be uh, the most complete movie that I've seen up until this point in time where I couldn't really find any flaws at all. I don't know if I was necessarily looking for flaws at the time, but uh, everything everything about this film is, is great. And upon many, many rewatches, I just still enjoy watching it all the time. Um, it seemed like the right, right way to go. In a short list of uh, like maybe five films, it won out. And I just mostly wanted to uh, dive in and uh, not worry about the concerns that people have with Kevin Spacey and appreciate this film anyway. Well, that has to be a part of the conversation in terms of is the whole Kevin Spacey me to, um, hey, he's actually a closet homosexual that forced himself on young actors. Doesn't that have an impact on the viewing experience of American Beauty? And if it does, how much of an impact does it have? And does it matter if you saw the movie before versus after, yada, yada? Definitely. Uh, continue. Well, I feel it's tough to 
It's like there's a Kevin Spacey before and after. So everything he makes after the scandal. After Baby Driver? I think that was around the same time, right? Is that what you're saying? That was the last thing to come out. Oh, yeah. So everything after Baby Driver. Like that YouTube video he released. (laughs) Like, I just get this feeling in the pit of my stomach. But there's a lot of movies he was in that were a part of me growing up. And American Beauty is one of them. And it's really tough to impose Kevin Spacey present with this movie to me. It's like he's two different people. And I know that's not the truth, but that's how I feel about it. I think I have the easiest time out of everyone I know actually separating people doing film and their their personal life. Well, it depends on how much of a self-righteous, uptight justice warrior you are if your morals are impeccable and you have the inability to separate your personal feelings about things it's like people who hate tom cruise the dude gives it hundo p more than probably anyone in action films he delivers a finished product that is very entertaining and because he's a scientologist his obsession with perfection is uh, contributing to the whole experience but there are people that just see him jumping up and down on a couch can't disconnect it decided that they hate him personally despite never meeting them never meeting him in person and just unable to appreciate him or any of his films and i think that the further we get away from the scandal of kevin spacey the more that will continue to be true for me in the same way that there are people that will not be able to disconnect from it and i have no issue appreciating what he has done as an artist and don't really give a fuck about the rest of it. Great. Well, too, if we didn't already own American Beauty, then uh, it's not like we're giving it more money. We're just like mm. hanging out. Yeah. We're not contributing to his fortune. We're just, uh, we already did. And oops, we're sorry, but we're still going to watch it. Uh, when I see this on 4K, I'll buy it again. There you go. Yep. Varying degrees of guilt. now in terms of the impact this movie had on me versus the experience i had with it now i i mean if you look back at our previous preach is (laughs) we we did few good men and when we dove into a few good men i was like whoa there's some problems here there's some issues that when you really look closer you find some issues with the movie now And when I was younger, when I first watched this movie in the theater in 1999, I had, I was young. I had a spiritual uh, renaissance going on in my early life. I was reading, you know, Way of the Peaceful Warrior and the Celestine Prophecy and the conversations with God and the whole lot of it. And yeah, I walked out of American Beauty, like staring at the beauty of the world and feeling very impacted by it. I believe that I went and saw it again. And I was even, I was so douchey that I like talked to people in the theater as they left and stayed until the credits ended. I was an absolute Ugh. like spiritually self-righteous fuck face. <laughs> and this, you know, I look back at that moment and it was because the movie had such a gigantic impact on like the awakening part of this movie awoken something in me or spoke, spoke to the awakening already happening within me. And I said, you know, I connect with this and it was a great experience. And now many years later, I look at it and yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff here that you could point out very easily that um, sends a completely different message. There are people that, you know, 
My parents. Yeah. Like Chelsea's parents. that Didn't make it. Yeah. They say, I don't want to watch this disgusting guy. Lech after. Lech after. Pedophile guy. Go after these young, this young woman. I don't, um, I, I don't think that this is an easy preach because there are problems with American beauty that I didn't see when I was blinded by my own spiritual ideals. But I think that there's a broader conversation that this subject matter was used intentionally to breach everyone's comfort zone. I think it did that. I think people backed away and other people embraced it. So you just got to take your eye off the floating bag and look a little closer and uh, you can see the the beauty in this film. Right. This film yeah. is fun. This film, sorry, fuck, Andrew. This movie <laughs> makes me feel good. When I watch it, I think, fuck, yes. Right? So in this film, if you go through the cast of characters, and this is one of the things that I find super rare, but can you name two characters that if you were an actor playing one of these roles, can you think of two that you would just be like, no, I don't want to play that role because it doesn't have anything to offer me? Jane. Jane, one. She's the only one. Every I'll... other person, I would jump at the chance to play. Even Barbara Fitz. Jenny, I would jump at the chance to play that role. You jump, you jump at Barbara Fitz? I would. Mm-hmm. Just, I swear, just watch, just... Just watch her in those scenes. It's amazing. Well, and didn't she have a larger role initially? And then they cut her back? Yeah, that is true. So They cut back a lot of uh, her and Colonel Fitz. Barbara and Colonel Fitz. Which I think, Frank. I think it works, but I'm still confused by her character. Well, I guess... I'm sure we'll jump into it. Okay, it's not the we time. We probably can now. It's my first time. I'm sorry. I'm new. Well, the, the the goal of this episode tonight is to not try to force things. There's there's content that we're going to cover, but we're going to cover it out of order because we want this to move organically. So in talking about the characters, that this movie is very character-driven. It is an ensemble of different characters that have different stories and that's why I have prepared montages of every character, <laughs> except <clears throat> Ricky, because I felt that I featured Ricky quite well in opening. Yeah, you pretty the much intro. summed it up. Yeah. He's much, the only static yeah. character in the movie, isn't he? That doesn't but, have an awakening or a change or a transformation. Well, I guess he kind of does with his dad, but it's he was always very sure of himself and his issue was mm-hmm. his relationship with his family. Yeah, I would say that Ricky probably stays fairly consistent as a character he is Mm -hmm. fairly static and all of the other characters have a journey that's along the same theme i think we can exclude barbara well yeah because she's a peripheral she's a fucking mannequin like we can exclude the gyms as well because they're also (laughs) stable characters (laughs) they they are stable characters but i like them jim and jb big fan so i think that's something to say is that every character starts off Almost like a caricature of, you know, almost like a cartoonish type, archetype. And then as the movie looks closer, it starts to get into the depth of their characters and transforms them. Is Lester's cubicle the only time that look closer is actually written in the movie? Oh. Because he has that thing pinned up on his cubicle. That's possible. Hmm. Did you watch this movie four times this week and not see that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
<laughs> I was just looking at the reflections. Can we just cheers? The... Can can Chelsea and I just cheers in front of a? a... You're like Andrew's oblivious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So, do you want to talk about before we get into the montages and the specific characters themselves? Do you want to touch on how this impacted their careers as actors, like where this fell inside of their career? Yeah. Are you ready for for this? Okay. Let, lay it down. Lay it down. Who who are you starting with? Here's the deal. Okay. Every single person yeah. has done nothing better than this since <laughs> this. Yeah, there but is this tell me, one tell me. possible exception, not being any actor, but you could argue Sam Mendes has made two films of equal value. Well, this was his first. After this, yeah. So I fucking hope so. And by that, you mean Road to Perdition and Jarhead. Jarhead? No. No. <laughs> By that, I mean Road to Perdition and 1917. Uh, uh, no. Is there Skyfall, like a you could probably throw in there. Play the Jerkoff audio clip. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You, uh, asked, you asked for it. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Yeah. Go on. Anyway. What are you doing? Everyone else. Nothing. <laughs> You're <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> Chris Cooper's been in a couple of good things. Allison Janney's been in a couple of good things. Annette Benning's been in a couple good things. Kevin Spacey was in a few really good things before this. Tell me. Yeah, Can this, you lay it down? I don't know. This this was peak uh, Spacey moment. This was like... Swimming with sharks? You, yeah, Swimming with sharks. Honey. Seven, Usual Suspects. Usual Suspects. And then American Beauty. And then he was like super big deal after this. And they, they all scrambled after him to be a leading man. And stuff like Pay It Forward and K-Pax. They're like K-Pax. And the shipping news, nonsense like that. He never came back to this moment. This was his high point, and it was a slow denouement. And you, can, you can argue that the House of Cards thing resurrected him from to to a certain level of prominence in a new streaming TV series. Old, but mm-hmm. from a film perspective, well, <laughs> yeah. Mina Savari did the American Beauties or um, American Pie. American Pies. Wes Bentley did nothing. Jane. Uh, oh, sorry. What's her name? This movie gave Wes Bentley a career. That's true. This was his career. This is the Four start feathers. and end of it. Four no, feathers. Four feathers after this, and then he was uh, a prominent character in the Hunger Games. In the Hunger series. Games. Was he? Who yeah. was he? He was also a uh, weird beard guy. Yeah, mm. like one of the overlord dudes. Oh, gotcha. And then he also did, um, uh, he was he was in Ghost Rider. He was well, the, that's he, the pinnacle. He was that's the it. villain. He was the villain against <laughs> Nicolas Cage in Ghost no. Rider. Yeah. Uh, Those yeah. eyebrows. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Thora Birch went on to do Ghost, Ghost World. World. And, and she was a much larger character and much more prominent in Ghost World than this. Man, so. can you fucking believe, though? She was, a, she was a child actress at age five. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah her, she's in like Wheaties commercials and stuff. Her film acting career started the same year as Kevin Spacey's. Wow. Drink that in. 87. That's... Yeah. And I also want to point out Chris Cooper is of the Bill Paxton supporting actor Pantheon. He is... Oh, yeah. He's in a lot of good things. Highly efficient supporting actor. Like what? Oh, intern. Give me the... I don't have enough screens. You need to give me the uh, start like early 90s and just rattle off... All of the shit that Chris Cooper has done. Okay, here we go. Well, let me find movies first. Uh, 
Money Train, Law and Order, Lone Star, Boys, A Time to Kill. Here we go. Uh, Great Expectations, The he was, Horse Whisperer. He, he was he was Dwayne Looney in A Time to Kill. He was the guard that got shot. Yeah. He was like, I don't hold it against that man. You turn him loose. You turn him loose. <laughs> Me, myself, and Irene. The Patriot, The Born Identity, Adaptation, Sea Biscuit. Oh, here we go. Born Supremacy, Capote, Jarhead, Syriana, oh, Breach, Jarhead. The Kingdom. He left out October Sky, starring no, Jake Gyllenhaal. And Demo- Demolition, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. We haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> okay, I get it. He's in all, He's in everything. Well, he's not in everything. Uh, oh. Last thing he was in is uh, Little Women. I want to know what Annette Benning did. She's all I care about in this movie. Uh, Annette Benning. Hey, wait, wait, wait. American president. Yeah, American president. And, and that's good enough for a career, these two roles. <laughs> no, she she uh, she did some stuff with Warren Beatty, her husband. I think uh, Bugsy, a love Ooh. story. Oh, Mars Attacks, The Siege. Yeah. Hey, there is nothing uh, wrong with Mars Attacks. Hey, The Siege, I know, I the siege isn't bad. The Siege is all right. Also good, yeah. <laughs> We're worried Game about Julia. defending different movies. The kids are all right. I'm pretty sure she was not. What's that new that one she also? just did? It's 20, quite cute. 20th Century Women. Yeah. That was good. It was good. I mean, it's indie, but it's good. This is obviously. Oh, here we go. Captain Marvel. Yeah, she joined. She's going to be in uh, Death on the Nile, which I'm looking forward to. Okay, okay. She's just getting started in that. Well, here. Let's um, let's mm. start off with some generic clips. Yes. Here. Just uh, let, let, let's get something to get our juices from you, okay? Please. My name is Lester Burnham. This is my neighborhood. This is my street. This is my life. I'm 42 years old. In less than a year, I'll be dead. Of course, I don't know that yet. And in a way, I'm dead already. Look at me, jerking off in the shower. This will be the high point of my day. It's all downhill from here. Talk to me about awards, Andrew. Awards. Uh, American Beauty won five Academy Awards. Um, Not the big five, but just about. Chelsea, what are the big five? When when Andrew... um, refers to the big five in his cinephilic way. What does he mean? I'll only answer if you play the masturbating sound behind me. <laughs> okay, that is that is not a problem. <laughs> Get that going. This is very here. doable. This has got to be best okay. picture, best director, yeah. best actor, best actress, and screenplay? Yep. Yeah. What are you doing? Does it matter if it's original or adapted? No. <laughs> You were masturbating. I was. <laughs> did, you, did, so, you, did you say cinematography? No, I did not. Well, then. That's is, where it misses, right? Isn't that one it of the big won five? cinematography. No. It's not. So the big five are picture, director, writing, actor, actress? Yes. Okay. Um, what are the only which, movies in history to have done it? So there's three. Okay. Uh, and in order, 
It oh happened one night. God. It happened one night from what year? Uh, 1934. Oh. 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 Uh, it's a Criterion film that I own. It's very yes, good. Of course it is. I'm sorry. Um, it's a what film? Uh, Criterion film. Oh, and you oh, own oh, it? Oh, oh. Yep. We're all shocked. Uh, just a second. I think we need to. God, we're going to just. Can we just play it in the background? <laughs> just the whole the time? Whole, every time I talk. <laughs> uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh. Um, which is 1975. So it took, what, 40 years for it to happen again? Yeah. And then in 1991, Silence of the Lambs came out. Fucking bizarre for a horror movie to do. Yeah. Hasn't happened since. No. And this one, so close. Very close. And in my eyes, deserving. In my eyes, it's a Uh, non-starter. I acknowledge Annette Bening is amazing. I acknowledge she deserved recognition. I think she won the SAG and the BAFTA, so she did get recognition. And Hilary Swank nailed Boys Don't Cry, so I have no issues with Swank winning. Yeah, it's fair. It's, it's all tough. fair. It's fine. it's fine. I do have uh, an issue with Kevin Spacey winning Best Actor. I don't think he deserved it. Um, and just so we're all clear, this was the film that I picked. I overrule you. Clearly, I he's hilarious. For money. <laughs> That's... He's hilarious, but he has no... He never has an emotional scene. He never has a difficult scene. Yeah. Sure he does. Which one? Uh, when he asks uh, how Janie is, you know? Whatever. Wow. Conrad Hall is reflecting light into his eyes to make him look translucent. He, yeah, Conrad Hall is a genius. He's benefiting from an excellent script. They all are. Yeah. But. Yeah. No. Spacey yeah. does not deserve best actor over uh, Russell Crowe or Denzel Washington in that year. I'm uh, sorry Denzel to tell Washington you. did a great job in the hurricane. Plus, it's rescinded anyways. But yeah. because Kevin Spacey, he's a creep. Yeah. yeah, he raped people, um, male people, in the bum. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> in the poop shoot that mm. happened. Uh, and mm. he's still, still. I'm, you know, you're still back in two them. Academy Awards. It's fine. Mm. What else? did he win again? Yeah, he won earlier for best supporting actor for. Oh. Uh, usual suspects. Usual suspects. Oh, that's, oh, I guess he has, at least he had a limp in that one. So <laughs> that's something. Yeah, he's still got that same like silky smooth voice and he's not really challenging himself. Well, he's just being Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And sometimes people get Oscars cough Nicolas Cage cough Yeah. for just being themselves. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, for reacting mm. honestly in the moment, which at this point, I don't think that that's true of American Beauty either. He comes across like a cartoonish caricature of depression, not significant actual depression he plays into the theme of the script without bringing enough honesty to the role that's why it's fun though that is why american beauty is good though why it's it's a heavy script but it doesn't feel heavy Mm. why it rolls off you makes you feel like anyone could just quit their job extort their boss for money and smoke weed in the garage every day right you can let's do it i don't know if you'll be successful i'll do it fight club style though try in reality they would have an HR representative in the room with them, and it wouldn't yeah. be Brad and Lester alone. There's never two people alone in a room when that yeah, stuff happens exactly. now. Um, 87% critic on Rotten Tomato, 93% audience. 76 is the number this movie is currently at in the top 250 IDB ranking. And letterboxed ratings don't matter, so we don't talk about them. Mm, yep, that's fine. Um, cinematography... I don't know if it's going to come up again. It probably should. Uh, Conrad did some great, 
great work with the camera. So much so that both Nathan and myself thought he was someone else. <laughs> well, that's only because Deacons um, uh, works with Sam Mendes. Yeah, has worked yeah. with Sam Mendes on several occasions. So we just got confused about which movies he worked with Deacons on. But if you look at American Beauty and almost any Roger Deacons film, they do have a similar look. Yeah, they have they 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 frame the scenes very nicely. The uh the colors in American Beauty are very vibrant and especially the red. There's some kind of theme going on there with the red door and the red roses and Yeah, they made all the rooms um drab and non-color like so whenever anyone has red on or there's red around, it really pops. There's also a scene um after after the Spartanettes and the initial uh, arousal of pedophile Lester's penis. He is laying in bed that night, staring up at the ceiling, and the naked Angela character is um, seductively Baby. swimming around in a ceiling full of rose petals. And the rose petals are falling and drifting down towards Lester as he stares up at the ceiling in complete awe of her beauty. And I just noticed in this most recent rewatch that there's a there's a glint of light that is purposefully placed in the reflection of Kevin Spacey's eyes mm-hmm. that is just taking all the acting out of it. He doesn't, he just needs to put a smile face on because that glint in his eyes captures his entranced transcendental moment more than anything. There's still acting. Oh, for sure. And that's fine. I get, he did a good job. I'm just saying he didn't deserve to stand on stage with a gold statue. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I'm saying that, Conrad L. Hall did a lot for he this did. movie. A great he deal. Did. There's uh at the at the end when uh Colonel Fitz is walking away after kissing Lester, um Sam Mendes asked if uh Chris Cooper could just disappear at the end. And they lit it, so he actually disappears when he walks at that light. It's fucked up. Hmm. But the whole character of uh, Colonel Fitz, except for when he's in the car with his son, he's always in the shadows. It's like Mr. Shadow. Hmm. It's really interesting how his whole character is played either going into or coming from nothing. Also, rooms, this this may not be, um, this is more of a Sam Mendes and Conrad L. Hall comment, but the rooms in American Beauty seem a little bit too large for what's inside of them. There mm-hmm. seems to be emptiness. And that might be uh, something that just happens early on in the movie, but we have it playing in the background. I'm just noticing, especially that first meeting with Brad, There's just, that room is very big. And oh, there's nothing huge. in it. Yeah. You know, normally you'd see some couches or something like that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, let's let's roll along. We We had some banter, Chelsea and I, about naming the three acts this is something that we didn't do with election because we just got caught up in how perfect it was and didn't uh just got sucked into the walkthrough on election and appreciating every scene but the three acts we have a whole bunch of ideas for what the three acts could be so we want to throw them off of you andrew and see what you think and see if you've prepared any as right yes throw away okay so here's here's a flower-based, like a flower and spiritual-based theme. Act one, eggshells and miracle Grow. Yeah. Act two, 
Flourishing. Mm. And Act Three, Awakening. Oh, yeah. There's a whole bunch of synonyms for flower-related synonyms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't. We found some very strange. There's there's a, in the flower world, there's something called sucker, which is an unwanted growth that comes from below the bad union on a grafted rose. Mm. This is the growth of the understock and must be removed. Suckers usually have leaves <laughs> of a different color and shape than that of the cultivar. It is important to rip off the sucker directly from the root stalk. Simply cutting it off will will stimulate it to regrow. Mm. And and bald, B-A-L-L-E-D, is a term used to describe a rosebud that has not opened properly and has rotted. I like uh, that one. Yeah. For number one or number two, act one or act two. Uh, here's a... Ricky and Jane themed one. Oh, yeah. Act one. Do you party? <laughs> Do you party? Act two, wooing Jane. And act three, runaways. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's here's yeah. an Angela-focused one. Holy moly. Act one. We have so many, Well, because, because the movie's very character-driven. Yeah. So act one for Angela would be nothing worse than being ordinary. Yeah. Act two... If your dad worked out, I'd totally fuck him. Mm-hmm. Act three, this is my first time. I really like yeah. Angela's storyline the best, I think. Well, that's hard to say, but she's awesome. She's one of my favorite characters. Carolyn's acts. Act one, projecting success. Act two, the royal treatment. <laughs> Act three, I refuse to be a victim. Yeah. Okay. Then, I'm gonna, I'm okay. Gonna do one. All right, do one. Yeah. Okay. And I'll I'll do character also. So act one. I'm sorry, I must have forgot. No, no. Act two. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry. Act three. Okay, wear a raincoat. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> That's Barbara. Are those her only lines? I think so. She's, she's got three more lines. But oh. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about the mess around here. Yes. Oh, my. I apologize for the way things look mm-hmm. around here. Mm. Yeah, and uh, the fir- her first line is uh, "Ricky breakfast." Her only normal line. <laughs> uh, actually, my my real thoughts on naming the acts um, would go with the Lester Burnham character. So, Act One would be death. Act Two would be rebirth, and then Act Three would be pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> we we have two sets of Lester. And one of them ends the same way. Yeah. The first set is act one, jerking off at work and in the shower. Yeah. Act two, jerking off in bed next to your sleeping wife. <laughs> and act three, pedophilia. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You it's know what I... the right progression. I love about movies, and this is true for a lot of movies and TV shows, is when a couple is married, they make sure to establish that the protagonist is not the first one who cheats. Mm-hmm. The spouse always has to cheat first to make whatever actions the protagonist does while this has another layer on it that she's underage. Um, like, you can't fault him. You're not concerned about the marriage when he goes for yeah. her. What's her name? Angela. 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 Your favorite Angela character. Hayes. Yeah. Um, one of the things in the commentary... The... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chelsea. She's staring at me with daggers. Vitriol. I'm going to keep drinking. Um, Just have some more psychotropic substance and you'll be okay. 
Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Um, in the in the commentary, they talk about how um, you would hate Kevin Spacey's character if he did go through with it, and the the reason that he doesn't go through with it is why you can still be on his side. Um, and they're saying this like all the dreams sequences aren't Kevin Spacey and Mina Savari doing doing things that uh it's in his imagination There's but a... you've put this on he film does, he doesn't for everyone to see yeah it's it's very suggestive the one scene where he, where his hand goes into the water and is mm-hmm. obviously touching her say it fucking say it pussy oh god her vulva yeah vulva was the game that's the only scene where it crosses the line sexually i can't think of another one other until than other, other than her being yeah until the end um we have one more set of acts but that's so great though like when his fantasy crashes into the reality of it because a lot of people do that they like fantasize about specific things and then when it's actually happening it's never what you think it is and that crashing into reality is what wakes him up i think yeah and seems how you said that nathan do you want to play my preach scene because that's my preach scene, which I can have more to talk about. Um, <clears throat> yes, we can do that. But I need to tell you the final set of three acts. Oh, the three acts. Okay. Yeah. This is the one that summarizes the movie the most, I think. And it's also Lester driven. And it's kind of similar to, to your Lester one, at least at, in the act one anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> act one, already dead. Yep. Act two, nothing to lose. Yep. And act three the day you die yeah that's good and now let's uh let's go into the preach scene for andrew which is the lester and carolyn bedroom scene you've heard some of it already (laughs) what are you doing nothing You were masturbating. I was not. Yes, you were. Oh, all right, so shoot me. I was whacking off. That's right, I was choking the bishop, chafing the carrot, you know, saying hi to my monster. That's disgusting. Well, excuse me, but some of us still have blood pumping through our veins. So do I. Really? Well, I'm the only one who seems to be doing anything about it. I refuse to live like this. This is not a marriage. This hasn't been a marriage for years, but you were happy as long as I kept my mouth shut. Well, guess what? I've changed, and the new me whacks off when he feels horny, because you're obviously not going to help me out in that department. Oh, I see. You think you're the only one who's sexually frustrated. I'm not? Well, then come on, baby. I'm ready. Don't you mess with me, mister. I will divorce you so fast it'll make your head spin. On what grounds? I'm not a drunk. I don't fuck other women. I, I don't mistreat you. I've never hit you. I don't even try to touch you since you made it so abundantly clear just how unnecessary you consider me to be. But I did support you when you got your license. And some people might think that entitles me to half of what's yours. Oh. So, turn out the light when you come back to bed, okay? <laughs> uh... One of the things that Chelsea was just talking about was having 
that moment collide where the fantasy seems like everything is wonderful and it's like this roman flower bath sexual experience <laughs> where everything's perfect to him jerking off yeah oh yeah <laughs> with the sheets and that's reality and that's hilarious uh because i feel like that's pretty true of what a lot of people think their sexual experience is going to be and it also <laughs> is true at the end the same shit happens where you're I feel like both characters are thinking that it's going to be this special thing and that it's just uh, life garbage that you get. But yeah, life is garbage. (laughs) Honey, please. I picked picked this scene because it's the first time that Lester uh, does anything with his awakening. Um, It's his first fight to uh, living again, which makes me happy after his joint of destiny which would have been the actual awakening and that was our first preach preach thank you scene the Lester and Carolyn bedroom scene great observations uh, Andrew, yes. He was reaching his hand into the bathtub, touching her pussy. Whoa, whoa. And he just had to jerk off. He just had to whack it. And yes, yeah. the reality and the fantasy colliding is a part of American Beauty's um, allure. Allure, but also it's a part of its like in your face. Because a part of what American oh. Beauty does is it, it kind of like puts puts the mirror in front of you and asks you to accept that this is what we've all done or what a lot of wait, people have wait, done. Wait, wait, wait. You've masturbated in the bed while I'm sleeping? No. <laughs> not speci- Figur- Figuratively. Not specifically. Metaphorically. Gotcha. Yeah. No, literally. Literally. I'm saying that a part of some of the other stuff that Lester says is that he feels sedated and that a lot of people have lulled themselves into a sense of, you know, this this is what their life is now. That mm-hmm. They're they're no longer alive. They're just subdued and sedated. Maybe that's and that they why they favor fantasy over reality. Maybe that's why some people really don't like this movie. Possibly, they're not able to accept what it's trying to do, which is the mirrors too close. They're like, oh my god, it's me. I can't handle it. They don't want to look closer. Yeah, they don't want to look closer. <laughs> exactly. They don't want to, um, you know, it's even though it's kind of blunt in its approach and it tries to soften it with its fun uh, caricatures and stuff it just it's still at the heart trying to push you out of your comfort zone and see something about yourself and about life that is real and i think possibly this was a lot edgier when it first came out hmm. oh yeah. for sure oh for sure nowadays it's sort of it could go further i think yeah and then uh Thousands of people would go on social media and hashtag about how it's inappropriate and this and that and the other thing. Maybe. Yeah, that's but probably th- true. Does this movie hold up? 20 years later? Could it release and make... I think you'd have to ask a millennial. Chelsea? I am a millennial. <laughs> but I'm an old soul. I think it'd be interesting to have someone's feedback who is a teenager and or, you know, 
around 20 years old. My sister might be a good source because she's going through the brainwash that is university right now. Mm. So all of her opinions are... You know, someone else's opinion. Exactly. Mm. Um, plus, you need to ask someone with social media. And that's mm. not me. Yeah, we need to find somebody with like an actual following. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm my own biggest fan. So I think at this time, it might behoove us to dive into a specific character. Yeah. Because this movie is about characters. And we need to highlight each character and talk about each character. So who? what character would you like to talk about first? Andrew, it's your preach. Uh, let's... Let's go with uh, Carolyn. Carolyn Burnham. Starting strong. Don't tell me not to fly. I've simply got to. If someone takes a spill, it's me and not you. Don't bring around in a cloud of terrain on my parade. I will sell this house today. Come on, a substantial portion of the root structure was on our property. You know that. How can you call it their sycamore? You didn't screw up once. You cannot count on anyone except yourself. I wish that you hadn't witnessed that awful scene tonight, but in a way, I'm glad. Why? So I could see what freaks you and Dad really are? Me? Oh, that's Buddy. Buddy! Buddy! Hi! Hi! I was so stressed out. Ah. Ah. Mm. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> away with this. You can be sure of that. I refuse to be a victim. Lester, I have something I have to say to you. Whew, what a full range of emotions. Holy fuck. That's amazing that that happened in one film. Well, what's, what's Carolyn's deal? She wants so badly to be seen a specific way. I remember reading in the trivia on IMDb that that scene where they go to the uh, real estate convention type deal mm -hmm. where she's like, buddy, buddy, hi. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> she's that they purposefully made her hairdo uh, very, very well done from the front. And then at the back, it was purposefully done terribly <laughs> just so that it would represent her character, which is to put on a face of success and what's underneath when you look closer is that she's kind of a mess and she's trying so hard to be this thing that she really is struggling to become and can't really, I mean, she, she believes that she can fake it till she makes it, but she can't actually make it and doesn't really make it that she just kind of complicates things as the movie progresses. Yeah. Which is um, kind of a, is, is, is it a statement? Is, is that a caricature of, some people in our society that just spend all of their time trying to be something that they are not and 
and like the scene with Lester and her on the couch talking about possessions and things. You see it from Alan Ball in Six Feet Under too, where he's talking about how possessions don't um, don't matter, and that if you if you aren't careful, your possessions can end up owning you instead of the other way around. Right, which has got to be true because that's exactly what's happened with me. So, right, like if somebody came in and stole your Criterion collection, you would oh my god kill yourself. I would kill myself. Yeah, kill. It would kill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> deep cut (laughs) Carolyn's character is probably exponentially worse nowadays with Instagram and with Facebook and you're constantly posting you're constantly demonstrating the best side of yourself and exaggerating everything she's also horribly self-centered oh best oh it's and that's the caricature part of it that Annette Benning manages to bring, and the writing, manages to bring this fun, well-executed, entertaining representation of absolutely self-centered awfulness. But also self-righteous. Oh, self-centered yeah. and self-righteous. But well, even, when she's, guys, even when she's talking to her daughter and she's talking about, like, you cannot count on anyone except yourself. Yeah. And also the, you know, when, when uh, Jane calls them freaks, she's like, me? It's always about her and and this specific quote at the beginning. Jane, honey, are you trying to look unattractive? Yes. Congratulations, you've succeeded admirably. Lester, could you make me a little later, please? Because I'm not quite late enough. That is Carolyn. Awful. No, it's wonderful. Yeah, at the same time. It's... What a fun yeah. character to play. Yeah, man. but that's that's a big thing right. about American Beauty is the contradiction between wonderful and awful. Yes. And it, mani- <laughs> it manages to draw a line and entertain you with that contradiction. Can we talk about right. Carolyn's, I'm going to sell this house today. I will sell this house today. So you wanted to talk about John Cho. That's the real star of the scene. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It's a, it's really good. It's, uh, what, what did she say? Uh, getting getting your energy costs down. A ceiling fan can go a long way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's even poetic in a sense. Her trying to put a good face on the shitty fucking house. There's not plants? Well, what do you call these? <laughs> I'm a landscape architect. <laughs> oh, she's so uptight. She brings me so much joy. Her breakdown at the end of that scene, though, oh. that is a special moment and one that in It I surpasses this film. Movie. Yeah. Andrew. Just accept it, Chelsea. <laughs> you like films just as much as I do. <laughs> I love films. Fine, I well. said it. I also read on IMDb's trivia that this, the uh, scene where she breaks down was done in one take. Yeah. Which is impressive. Yeah. It's also a compliment to the director to know that we've, you know, to say that we've got it. First time director to watch uh, someone do a scene and then not want anything more. I mean, I know he came from the theater and he's probably not like obsessed with first takes or anything, but 
No, they some... also did rehearsal, which oh yeah, is they did. Rare. Yeah. yeah, yeah, super rare for film. <clears throat> God, which it means hurt. maybe they should do that more often. You know, two week rehearsal. It helps some actors and it doesn't help others. I remember reading about the Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson and Defoe, and Defoe loves rehearsal, and Pattinson oh. hates it. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Hearing that also in the special features. Anyway. Um, well, it helped her on. because that's a fucking... It feels honest. I feel like I've cried like that before. I've never slapped myself, but I think next time I might try it. Well, it helps establish her desperation to be what she's trying to be and that she would be attracted towards Buddy because of his success, even though she also views him as a competitor and disdains him. She spends the first act of the movie sneering at his billboards and and not um you know viewing him as as a obstacle in her life like uh the neighbors would sell the house faster and wouldn't stay on the market for six months if they hadn't gone with the real estate king but don't you think that she would really just like that sign to be carolyn and buddy kane absolutely oh yeah the real estate she regrets marrying lester big time big time oh yeah totally it's like a stain. She could be the queen of real estate. And uh, even even right up to the end, like you have to wonder if Colonel Fitz didn't murder Lester, what she was going to do with that gun. Does she accidentally yeah. discharge it? Is the fate of Lester predetermined? Does it not matter how he goes? You could... Right. Yeah, well, he could have gone. And speaking of that, you guys know what the first scene was supposed to be yes we we I know, don't know. We i don't know, know the uh we know the whole original draft of the screenplay in that the original movie was supposed to have a court drama tied to it well they were gonna do the the home where the home video is where she says would you just kill him mm. was gonna be evidence them getting arrested mm. for his murder oh um ricky fitz and we're going to be getting arrested. And? and I'm so glad that that didn't happen because there's no well, need for it. Well, also, we, we, can, we can get into that more yeah. after the evaluation. I, wait, okay. Why do you want to say? You said, all. Andrew said also. Oh, Kevin Spacey was apparently supposed to be um, superimposed like a floating ghost. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, the, the helicopter down scene. the first scene and then the landing on himself in the bed. Yeah, the helicopter scene over the neighborhood at the beginning. Yeah, I read that. Thank God. Could you imagine how horrible that would have been? Yeah, it would have been well, terrible. Well, like, th- think Ghostbusters at the beginning of this movie. But that... it's, a, it's amazing how decisions are made to save money. And those yeah. decisions end up being like a thank God decision. Yeah. Well, and that makes my nit of this movie so much less intense because i actually think that the home video at the beginning it shouldn't even be there but it makes sense that it's there after you find out that that's the piece of evidence that incriminates them the most yeah it starts to come to fruition and when andrew is telling me how much worse it could have been i'm starting to appreciate it a bit more but honestly if i was going to watch this movie every time i rewatched it i just skip 30 seconds i don't need to see yeah well i think if you're watching it the first time you are thinking or you should be thinking did she who, kill him who killed him right right like throughout the whole thing but yeah. that's such a small part of the movie 
Oh, I know. Who killed him doesn't matter. But in the alternate script, it was apparently a big deal. And I, yeah. I'm going to make the argument later that I think that there was a, a world where that could have been filmed. That whole part of this American Beauty original screenplay could have been done. And it would have possibly had an even greater effect. And it maybe would have had a better effect in 2020 if it was included. Right. But that being said, I think we wrapped up Carolyn nicely. And I'd like to talk about another character. Uh, which one? I would like to talk about Lester. My name is Lester Burnham. I'm 42 years old. I'm this gigantic loser. In less than a year, I'll be dead. And in a way, I'm dead already. Okay. You were also good tonight. Very precise. Any friend of Janie's is a friend of mine. Oh, it's okay. I wouldn't remember me either. (laughs) (laughs) Honey, don't be weird. (laughs) You were masturbating. I was. Yes, you were. That's right. I was saying hi to my monster. Man, you are one twisted fuck. Nope. I'm just an ordinary guy with nothing to lose. I don't think you'd fit in here. I have fast food experience. <laughs> yeah, like 20 years ago. Janie, today I quit my job. <laughs> and then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. Look at those arms. You like muscles? Dad, you stare at her all the time, like you're drunk. It's disgusting. You better watch yourself, Janie. You're going to turn into a real bitch just like your mother. Lester, just stop it. No, no. You don't get to tell me what to do ever again. Your wife is with another man and you don't care? Nope. Our marriage is just for show. Jane and I had a fight. It was about you. She's mad at me because I said I think you're sexy. Do you want to sit? This is my first time. (laughs) You're kidding. I'm sorry. I guess I could be pretty pissed off about what happened to me. (laughs) <laughs> so a part of these character like montages is is taking some of what they say out of context to show you that, you know, very wrong, the wrongness that is meeting the reality and causing that conflict that American Beauty does so well. Like this is highlighting the fact that he's a pedophile, that he's an obsessed, uncomfortable, awful, um, inappropriate guy who's 40 ish and is crossing the line. Do you want and, a sip? Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I love about movies just in general is moments. Oftentimes movies can establish a few moments that really have an impact on. And American Beauty has many moments that I can really appreciate. Preach. I I could argue that American Beauty has one moment that lasts 2 hours and 2 minutes. That's oh, worth appreciating. Shut the fuck up. Where's the Dude, we can't play the masturbating sound the whole episode. Yeah, we can't. We can't do it. Look, there's a great there's great moments like, you know, when when Lester says uh you want a sip? Like, like it's it's awful. It's awful, but it's great. 
because it really captures that conflict. And with her age, like she's not yeah. legally allowed to drink. Yeah, like he he's, feels, yeah, he's he is of one mind at that moment, which is accomplish what he set out to accomplish. She tells him, unbeknownst to her, through the door when he is eavesdropping on them, that if your dad worked out a little bit, I would totally fuck him. So immediately he starts working out, working out, and moving towards this moment. And this moment comes to fruition. And in this great moment, she's like, Jane and I had a fight. She's mad because I said that you were sexy. And even that line is clunky and mm-hmm. naive. And, and also, she could be li- She doesn't understand what she's fighting about with Jane. Because that's not really what the fight was about. No, it's not. And she's not, she doesn't care. Well, she cares, but that's not her motive at, mm-hmm. in the moment. She's just regurgitating what she thinks guys want to hear because she doesn't know and she spent her entire life Gene and I had a fight yeah. it was about you she's mad at me because I said I think you're sexy do you want <laughs> <laughs> And girls like this exist. I've been friends with girls like this. Yeah. And it's all insecurity. And that's the same with all the characters. So one of the things I w- would like to uh, bring up is when they start uh, kissing Yeah. in real life, mm-hmm. it starts out in that scene. There's Angela and Lester facing each other. And then right behind Lester is a nice new bouquet of roses representing Carol. And then it zooms in past the roses until he becomes a pedophile. And it's such a glorious shot um, ah, of him leaving. uh, That's this decision moment. I'm leaving my wife to be with this daughter's friend. (laughs) Anyway, uh, the picture is is wonderful. It's a wonderful moment. What picture? Oh, at the, the end, the very the cam- end. The camera just zooming in oh. past those roses. The the visual essay that happens. Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. But his wife is already out. Oh, I know. He's already out too, though. Like when yeah. he tells her, "Come on, honey, I'm ready." He's not serious. He's he is being a dick. Oh, he's being a dick for sure, but. He he would have humped her. He I tries know. to hump her on the couch. Have you done something different? You look great. Yeah. Jane not home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me Tarzan. <laughs> um, yeah. The point of Lester is that it doesn't matter or it shouldn't. I mean, it, mm-hmm. you, you can look at it both ways. Okay. You can, you can go hard right or hard left. And if you go one way, you say he's a pedophile and he's completely inappropriate and he's awful and disgusting. And he's too embarrassing to live. Fuck that guy. That's awful. I don't want to watch this. And the other way is it doesn't matter what the vehicle is. The spiritual awakening is real. Mm-hmm. Although the real awakening doesn't happen until he finds out she's a virgin and doesn't go through with it. Mm-hmm. I read in the trivia that there was actually a push to go through with or that the they had filmed the possibility of him or contemplated filming the possibility of him going through with it anyway and just getting his rocks off, which is... Uh, total betrayal of the concept and idea to me. So 
Like he needs to not go through with it. He needs to have mm-hmm. that awakening at the very end, right before he dies for this movie to have the impact that it has. So I have a question then for both of you. Mm. If Lester had just watched a James Bond marathon instead, would we be in this situation at all? If actually, I think that if he fucked her, he wouldn't be dead. Yeah, well. Because his neighbor wouldn't have come in. Or Carolyn would have walked in on them. (laughs) I'm like, fuck you. I refuse to be a victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, maybe it's inevitable. Two angles. Maybe it's faded. Maybe Angela would have died then. Who do you, okay, I have I have two more montages. Who do you want to talk about, Angela or Frank? Frank, we're already talking about Frank. Yeah, let's cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? <laughs> Nothing. We just wanted to say hi to our new neighbors. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you said your partner, so uh, what's your business? How come these faggots always have to rub it in your face? This country is going straight to hell. I saw you with him. Can't just go around doing whatever you feel like. You can't. There are rules in life. What did he make you do? I will not sit back and watch my only son become a cocksucker. Jesus, what is it with you? I'd rather you were dead than be a fucking faggot. Get out! I don't ever want to see you again. So this this is another point to bring up the original draft of the screenplay and that Ricky and Jane are ultimately tried for Lester's murder in the original concept. And a lot of the things, it's really fascinating to me after learning this because a lot of the things in the movie are done in the way that they're done to service this idea. Mm -hmm. Like um, the initial beating that Colonel Fitz lays on Ricky is because he shows his girlfriend his Nazi plate. But that whole scene of him showing his girlfriend, the Nazi plate is to establish that he has the ability to get the gun, to get into the cabinet, to get the gun. Mm -hmm. Right. And that in combination with the video, you know, the gun is missing. You're not going to be able to unsee this unseen thing now. Yeah. The video, they, he, he turns the video off before establishing that the ask to kill Lester is a joke. He's got keys to the cabinet with the gun in it that is now missing. Apparently, in the original draft, it has a scene where Barbara finds Colonel Fitz's bloody clothes and hides them. So it really is designed to establish. I remember reading the trivia, too, that Chris Cooper said that he didn't want to play this character because of how awful he was. And I remember thinking, well, he's just a bigot, and he uses the word faggot a lot, and he's obviously ignorant. But outside of that, like you had a huge opposition to playing this character and your wife had to convince you into it i don't understand where that opposition is coming from and then reading the rest of this original draft concept tells me that this guy let his son go down for his deed yeah for his murder so that's how awful colonel fitz was supposed to be and not how awful he is because the movie portrays him as just an ignorant um from from what Chelsea was saying, like all the characters have an insecurity that they're battling. That's a theme. And he is the most, you know, hard right of all of those characters. He's willing to kill someone else's insecurities. So in the in the concept of the movie it still works, but learning that about what it was supposed to be really has an impact on me as to how awful Colonel Fitz was supposed to be. So Colonel Fitz, I feel like we should give him an award for being in the moment 
that made me the most uncomfortable watching them. <laughs> the 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 kiss in the rain um not the kiss itself though it's the hand grab in the hug on the back on the back that him grabbing the shoulder blade and like mushing the skin is so uncomfortable it's so uncomfortable who hugs that way the whole scene's uncomfortable like he looks he's incredibly vulnerable in this scene the kiss is the least uncomfortable moment of that's that's a great point chelsea's making is that this is a character that has never allowed himself to be who he is and this moment of vulnerability is quite possibly the most vulnerable moment he's ever experienced in his and then he got rejected which means it's the most humiliated he's ever been in his entire life right yeah it's just it's hard to watch because it's hard to be that vulnerable and the contradiction of kevin spacey being a homosexual in real life well yeah has an impact on this for me I as mean, well. I mean, hey, we're not <laughs> we're not talking about real Kevin Spacey. This is nostalgia, Kevin. Well, it's just amusing. It is because yeah. you know Chris Cooper, who is not a homosexual, is ha- playing this vulnerable, out of the closet moment, and that's why. And there's a contradiction in reality. Ah, uh, you're both so good. So, are we going to talk about how Frank? Beats the shit out of his wife, or what? Well, is that what's happening? Because haven't seen any bruises on her face. Is this like <laughs> she's willing to hide his bloody clothes in the original screenplay? Well, no, no, that's irrelevant. She's been beat into submission. That's is that possible? He is violent. Yeah, Chelsea. What do you think? Is he is he beating his wife, or has she been has she been beaten in the path? I don't know. That's what pisses me off about Allison Jenny's character. Is that I get some things don't have to be spoken and he demonstrates how physical he can be when he kicks the shit out of Ricky. Sound clip, please. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not that fast on it. <laughs> oh. Thanks, Andrew. <laughs> oh, you just want the, the, the beating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's completely doable. <laughs> I forget what I was saying. But no, it's, not. it's not her character... Having no lines doesn't give anything. It makes me confused. What? She's got lines. She has lines, but she sounds like... She says sorry a lot. She's forgetful. She's Yeah, she's submissive, but like... Okay, Chelsea, here you go. You little bastard. No, I, I just want... Get in there! Oh, how? How? Oh, oh. Come on, get up! Get up! Fight back, you little pussy! <laughs> he never talk. Ricky never talks about it. We don't get any lines from Alice and Janney's character. What am I supposed to... I'm just supposed to assume that he beat the shit out of her multiple times, and that's why she doesn't talk and why yeah. she says sorry all the time? Yeah, from a legal perspective, um, uh, intern, this is all speculative and hearsay. I think that before he watched the war film that he was cracking up over, he probably beat the shit out of her and then sat her on the end of the couch, waited for his son to come home. I yeah. agree so that he, he resents her and she's a means to an end and Obviously. he probably resents his son as well because he's a product of that he wants, relationship. He wants cock. Of course he resents her. Right. He wishes that she had a penis. I just wish they gave me a little bit more. Honestly, it's another nit. I mean, she's fine the way she is, but when I don't you say understand. Nit, are you saying nitpick? Yeah. Okay. All right. Just clarify. Uh, 
It's okay, Chelsea. Yeah, the I movie. I know. The movie that Frank is watching is called This is the Army, oh, yeah. a 1943 World War II movie that features soldiers putting on a Broadway show dressing in drag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, They're not gay, though. That's hilarious. The characters aren't gay. Right. No, it's like olden times in mm. England mm. when they actors wouldn't... could only be male. Yeah, in 1943, they wouldn't have gone near that idea. The cross-dressing is as far as they would go. <clears throat> yep. All right. Um, Who's up next? Angela is our final one. This will be followed by my preach scene and anything. Um, I'm not sure if, if Chelsea wants to choose a preach scene on the fly. Wait, who's Angela? Uh, your favorite <laughs> character. <laughs> That's good. She talks about uh, Connie Cardulia. Again, Cardulia. This, is, Cardula. this is taking her character completely out of context, again, to highlight her specific insecurities. I'm used to guys drilling over me. It started when I was about 12. I should say hi to your dad. I don't want to be rude. If people I don't even know look at me and want to fuck me, it means I really have a shot at being a model. Just like I knew guys at school thought about me when they jerked off. Vomit? No, I liked it. And I still like it. You're looking good, Mr. Burnham. Last time I saw you, you looked kind of wound up. Well, your mom's the one who's embarrassing. What a phony. But your dad's actually kind of cute. Just don't fuck my dad, all right? Please? Why not? <laughs> because there's nothing worse in life than being ordinary. So, yeah, there's some major things to highlight about Angela. And uh, that first is... things first. Angela couldn't be ordinary if she tried. Right. And she's also... I'm so sick of people taking their insecurities out of me. <laughs> she's, sick of, she's sick of that. And Connie Cardulo. Oh my god. That's the pervert who filmed me last night. Him? Jane, no way. He's a total lunatic. You know him? Yeah. We were on the same lunch shift when I was in ninth grade. And he would always say the most random, weird things. And then one day... He was just like, gone. And then, Connie Cardulo told me that his parents had to put him in a mental institution. Why? What did he do? What do you mean? <sighs> While his dad put yeah. him in a military school, he tells Jane, his dad put him in a military school, and then he went back to school after being released, and getting, well, after getting kicked out of military school, and some guy made a crack about his hair and he lost it and almost killed the kid i think my favorite part about angela is when she's about to lose her virginity to jane's dad our protagonist yeah that's her moment of honesty where she she, stops the facade where she admits that she's a virgin not because of anything that any honesty that she feels because she's afraid that she's not going to be good at sex that's her entire character in a nutshell. <laughs> it's like all of her insecurity is spilling out and the only reason that she admits anything is because she's afraid of not being good enough. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Because she's a fucking babe. And she's 17 in this movie. Yeah. Not in actual age. Yeah. In actual no, age. In she's... actual ages, Kevin Spacey was 40 and she was 20. So totally fine. Yeah. And Thora Birch was 16 slash 17. Had really? to have her parents on set to show her boobs through yeah. a window. 
Yeah, she was she was sixteen when she showed her boobs. I think she turned seventeen during the filming. Wow. Right. Yeah, it just highlights again the fact that um, American Beauty tries to throw that caricature of lying to yourself almost in a cartoonish way and then slams you with the truth at the last second and sees if you can handle it. And who are the only characters that survive all of this? Who are the ones that are honest with themselves throughout the entire... Uh, the gems. The that's, gems. That's correct. The gems. <laughs> and who wears the pants in the gyms relationship? Uh, Jim. Which Jim? <laughs> uh, Berkeley. That's right. JB. Wow. Wears the pants because he scolds the... There's a scene where he scolds the dog and says, you know, you're not hard enough on her. And then the other Jim dances over to the picket fence to talk with Carolyn about flowers. Dances over. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's like the loafers. <laughs> both of them are. Uh. Both of them. In, hey, in the words of Frank Fitz, both of them are cocksuckers and faggots. I actually think that Ricky is pretty stable, too. He is, except that he, you know. Do you party? He parties. He does. And yeah, he, he parties and kills money. people sucks, when they make fun of his hair. He sucks dick from. It's true. Are you ready for my preach scene? Finally. My preach scene that I want to celebrate. It's so good. Is the dinner scene. And I consider this scene to be quite possibly the best dinner scene that I have ever seen in a movie, hands down. Like a scene where a family congregates or people congregate at a dinner. This is, I don't know how you can beat it. It's fucking outstanding. Mm -hmm. Especially in contrast to the other one. I were just discussing his day at work. Why don't you tell our daughter about it, honey? Janie, today I quit my job. <laughs> and then I told my boss to go fuck himself, and then I blackmailed him for almost $60,000 past the asparagus. Your father seems to think this kind of behavior is something to be proud of. And your mother seems to prefer that I go through life like a fucking prisoner while she keeps my dick in a mason jar under the sink. How dare you speak to me that way in front of her? And I marvel that you can be so contemptuous of me on the same day that you lose your job. I didn't lose it. It's not like, whoops, where'd my job go? I quit. Someone passed the asparagus. Oh, 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 and I want to thank you for putting me under the added pressure of being the sole breadwinner now. I already have a job. No, no, don't give a second thought as to who's going to pay the mortgage. We'll just leave it all up to Carolyn. You mean you're going to take care of everything now, Carolyn? Yes, I don't mind. I really don't. You mean everything? You don't mind having the sole responsibility? Your husband feels he can just quit his job and you don't... Will like, someone who's please pass me the okay, fucking guys, asparagus? I'm not going to be a part of this. Shut up! I am sick and tired of being treated like I don't exist. You two do whatever you want to do, whenever you want to do it, and I don't complain. All I want oh, is the same... Oh, you don't complain? Oh, please, excuse me. Excuse me. I must be psychotic then. If you don't complain, what is this? Yeah, let's, let's, let's bring in the laugh meter and see how loud it gets on that one. You don't complain. Don't interrupt me. And another thing, 
From now on, we're going to alternate our dinner music because, frankly, and I don't think I'm alone here, I'm really tired of this Lawrence Welk shit. So, in in response to Chelsea's comment, I think that the contrast between the first dinner scene and this dinner scene is almost necessary to show how great this dinner scene is. Mm-hmm. But there does seem to be something lacking from the first dinner scene. It seems a little bit fraudulent to me. It seems a little bit dishonest. Caricature. Maybe it's the fact that they're still in cartoonish character stage. They're all still pretending. Yeah, and we haven't looked closer yet, and this is the more honest dinner scene. However, yeah, there's also things, I think, because it was a theater director, they allowed ad-libbing, they allowed more liberal um, improvisation, and apparently uh, Kevin Spacey was supposed to throw the plate on the floor. On the floor, yeah. Yeah, and he threw it at the wall instead, and it caused a more immediate reaction from them because it was unexpected, so it all just plays into capturing a great moment of honesty and a great scene where all characters are kind of going through a self-realization but Lester is dominating the scene because his realization and his awakening um, is demanding attention so uh Nathan Andrew because this is your preach scene yes sir I'm gonna quiz you mm, I like on the this. plate of asparagus yeah there is a lemon slice after he throws the plate against the wall where does that lemon slice end up oh i don't know where interesting let me think about this don't cheat it lands on top of the picture no way really yeah just fortunately he just yeah coincidentally coincidence yeah that's i've always wanted to throw a plate plate of food at something right I, I picture myself, list. if I were to throw a plate of food, it would probably be at someone. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it sticks like face first to the wall above the painting. Yeah. There's just something about how much they go at each other. I think the reason why I chose the dinner scene as well is because I really appreciate it when great actors, and I've said this before in previous scenes and previous podcasts, is that I, I love it when two actors do battle. Yeah, verbal battle. Yeah, and they, you know, bring each other more honestly to the scene because of how authentic each of them are being. So when two actors and exceptional actors at that just nail something at the same time, they're playing off of each other and they're using each other's energy and it's just this like special moment in acting that occasionally happens. And when it does, it deserves some preesh. And Annette Benning's scene after this is awesome too. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you could say that so. the dinner scene kind of like generates some energy, kind of kicks up some momentum for uh, the following scenes. But yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, American Beauty, you can really dissect it scene by scene and and find something positive to say about all of it because it's it's very well done. Except for Jane's insecurity about her big boobs. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> yeah, they they don't need to be any bigger. Good. No, she wants to reduce them, doesn't she? Oh, that makes more sense. I don't know. They don't clarify, I guess. No. Yeah, they do. On her on her computer at the beginning of the movie, it's breast augmentation. Breast augmentation, but it's right. showing it the boobs getting reduced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and I love how it's like, "Oh, I'm showing my insecurities. I'm going to flash you my giant tits." Mm-hmm. Here's me 
Here's me. Insecurities. <laughs> I, I think Jane's character really pisses me off. I do not care at all about what happens to her. It's very difficult when every other actor, actress, mm-hmm. has so much to work with. Mm-hmm. Like Buddy Kane, Colonel Fitz, the Jims, Brad. They've all got stuff to work with, you know? Yeah. And the other like main characters have way more to work with um, script-wise. She's just not very well-developed. No, I agree with that. She's the most flat character. One of the more flat characters. She's reacting to things and people yeah. more so. She's like a pinball. Yeah, she is. Like, Ricky's flat, but he's intense, you know? Well, and Ricky, in terms of my own experience with American Beauty, it was Ricky's scenes that really affected me. Specifically, the scenes that I think Alan Ball wanted people to be affected by, which was the um, the God line and the plastic bag scene. Yeah, we have to talk about the plastic bag scene because it's infamous. It is infamous. They made fun of it in uh, parodies and stuff. Yeah. But I think that the message at the end of the movie too with uh, um the the outro narrative with kevin spacey he's basically reiterating oh he says the same thing pretty what much yeah. ricky said because and and ricky's whole thing um was that <clears throat> he had to, i mean it's his whole reason behind video and everything is that he has to remind himself he has to constantly remind himself to stay centered and stay in the moment and i i really connected to that and i'm being very honest with you, um, Andrew and Chelsea, right now. America, Canada, <laughs> the cool mill. Is that, and I I connected with it because it is difficult. It's difficult to coexist in a society where it's asking you to be fraudulent about who you are and to put on a show and to put on a facade while also simultaneously striving to stay in the moment and appreciate life and not allow yourself to overthink anything. So when he says he needs the video to stay in the moment, that's a very legitimate reason to go around video recording things, even though someone who's a dick face could easily say, this guy's a fucking knob for walking around with a video camera and taping everything. It really is ridiculous. However, um, it is also a legitimate reason to me to remind himself constantly of why the world is beautiful and why he needs to appreciate the benevolent force that is going on behind. And beauty, he twists the idea of beauty. People think about beauty as like a beautiful sunset or a beach or a field with flowers in it blowing in the wind or whatever the fuck. But American beauty involves some of the dirtiness that is our culture, which is the plastic bag, garbage, a dead homeless woman on the side of the road that no one gives a fuck about. It reminds mm-hmm. me a bit of American Gods in that, you know, you worship your television or whatever. It's just combining old ideas of what beauty is and what worship is and what society is and trying to melt them together and saying that this too can be beautiful and you just have to accept that this is our society. Which is why I think the whole thing of of bringing those two um, perceptions together and colliding them together with ultimate facade and ultimate truth 
and trying to find the middle ground and smashing them into each other and forcing you to deal with it. That including a courtroom scene where Ricky and Jane go down for the murder of Lester is actually driving that point home even further. That if you are aware enough to pick up on what the message of Ricky really is with with beauty and if you're able to connect with that character the way that you do in the movie without those scenes that if those courtroom scenes were in there it would actually drive the tragedy of life home even deeper possibly it has a a chance to do that well it puts him in the hands of society really the structure that we live in man And and it would corrupt his character too and ultimately destroy his ability to continue being who he is because, I mean, if he goes to prison, he's not going to have his videos to remind him. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have a real hard time maintaining his appreciation of life. But this He'd movie be, is uh, fun. This movie's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. I didn't think we'd get this deep into it. But damn, the more I drink, the more re- introspective I get. Well, all of the outcomes are dark. Regard- they are. Regardless, they are. regardless of whether you include the courtroom dramas or not. Even mm-hmm. even not including them, you can still speculate what's going to happen next. When you know that that evidence is there and you know that Frank Fitz is hell-bent on hiding who he is from the world, you there's no other way for this to go. There's a gun missing. There's a video that he hasn't gone back to obtain, presumably. I mean, the cops are going to find the video. They're going to find the missing gun. And Ricky and Jane are runaways to New York City that are wanted for murder. That's the outcome of their character. That is the projection. And then, you know, Lester's dead. Carolyn has lost her husband and Jane because she's now wanted for murder. And and the real estate king. Yeah. And the real estate king. Yeah, so she's fucking done. And Angela um, just had a very, very traumatic Im- <laughs> experience that's going to imprint itself on her for the rest of her life. And, um, you know, Frank Multiple. is, is going to spend the rest of his life dealing with the fact that now he's escalated his internal hatred of himself to a level that includes allowing his son to go down for the murder of Lester when he's the one that's responsible and including his wife as an accomplice. Like everyone in this story moving forward, if you were to continue this movie beyond the credits, this this is the end of all of their lives as they know. The luckiest person at the end of this film is Lester Burnham. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even the gyms are going to move out, move into a different neighborhood after this shit. Yeah, they'll be a part of that TV crew that's like, I can't believe this happened in my neighborhood. Everyone loved each other. Yeah. And I think a fitting end to an American Beauty Breesh! would be to play the bag scene in its entirety. Ah, uh, bag us. Will do. You want to see the most beautiful thing I've ever filmed? snowing and there's this electricity in the air you can almost hear it right and 
this bag was just dancing with me. Like a little kid begging me to play with it. For 15 minutes. That's the day I realized that there was this entire life behind things. benevolent force that wanted me to know that there was no reason to be afraid. Ever. Video's a poor excuse, I know. But it helps me remember. I need to remember. Sometimes there is so much beauty in the world. I feel like I can't take it. And my heart is just going to cave in. Chelsea just brought up that we haven't chosen the intern character. Well, there's clearly two choices. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, uh, yeah. So clearly Barbara Fitz or Lester Burnham. Yeah. The pedophile stuff is weighing very heavily. It's uh, it's close to home, eh? Yeah, it's something that Nathan also has uh, experience with. Do you think you could be Jim and and or, Chelsea too. or JB? Um, sure, I could be Jim or Jim. But they listen to each other, so. What about an unwanted growth that comes from below the bud union on a grafted rose? Uh, no. Or a rosebud that is not opened properly and has rotted. I feel like I'd be more like a floating piece of trash. I think they're all intern characters. Yeah, probably Angela. <laughs> well, no, she's talking a lot, but no one's ever really listening to her. And if they right? do, they're calling her... Fat? Yeah. Yeah. She's no Christy Turlington. God, I, they... had to, I had to look up who that was. And after seeing her picture, I was like, I don't know who this is still. It's It's his wife. It's Buddy Kane's wife. Oh, <laughs> hi christy that's funny yeah it is it is wow and there you go yeah there you go so our next yep. uh preach is slated currently uh to be um hp lovecraft's color out of space starring nicholas cage and daniel will be leading the charge on that one however if Daniel uh, fails to respond to text messages and or falls asleep um, while we try to do the podcast, then we may um, call, like like he did for this one, um, then we may call an audible and uh, go with something that Chelsea wants to preach, which is her favorite movie, 
which is also from 1999. That would be three 99s in a row. Election, American Beauty, and potentially... Fight Club! Fight Club. It's because we like to party like it's 1999. Well, I mean, you know who else likes to party? Uh, my name is party? Rod. Oh, yeah. yeah, Hot Rod also likes to party as well. That's true. So that'd be a good one. But um, but you know what to do, Cool Million. You know. You know the drill. Uh, TrailerPartPodcast.com. I'm going to tweet out some links to this bad boy. And I think we uh, we did American Beauty some justice. I feel quite positive about tonight's preach. And Man, I, I didn't think we were going to talk so much about themes, but the whole movie is just, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to fucking do? Except yeah. drink and, <laughs> and rattle and, on about shit you don't know anything about. Yeah, what, drink and talk themes. That's <laughs> That's really what it's all about. But yeah, till next time, folks.